Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. And this is a podcast interviewing several Canadian musicians. Uh, episode number 48 actually is the first time we veer off that road and interview someone who's not a musician, but who's covered the Canadian music landscape and the industry from the, for the last 22 years. Mr. James Keast, editor-in-chief uh, over at Exclaim Magazine. I went over to their HQ on Blar, and we had a nice chat about all things... Uh, you know, my early years writing angry letters to exclaim. We actually unpack a couple of real doozies. One bridge-burning letter I wrote to Pop Montreal. We dissect it and talk about peeing in the pool. Anyway, here it is, my talk. Hope you enjoy it. He's got a hot voice, and we don't mean uh, good-looking. We mean... Peaking. Uh, listen to this, my interview with Mr. James Keast. Tactics, Amateur Hour with Friendly Rich. That could be a good name for a podcast. Amateur Hour? I'm I here think with... it's taken. Yeah. I'm sure it's taken. It might be taken. Like every obvious band name Come on, already yeah. taken. I'm here with James Keast. Listen to that. A little bit of dither, a little bit of sonic dither. He's closing that door. We're here. Apologies. Yeah, there was a little bit of fuzz there. I don't know if it... Anyway... Did... You're good. Are we you're okay? Good. Yeah, you're fine. I, will, you're I won't, no, I no, won't you, dither anymore. Okay, no more dither. Um, welcome to the podcast, James Keast, editor-in-chief, yeah? Yes. Who loaned me a microphone. That's why I was saying amateur hour, because I left one of my mics. We're here on the spot for any of your sonic needs. You sound real good, man. I don't that, know if that's your the, mic. I don't know if it's that mic deflecting off of your beautiful beard. We'll take a photo of this beard. This is something. It's uh, I, I have long experienced mic technique, so... Uh, you know, he is whether cooler. it's hosting things wow. or yeah. I sidekick for a talk show that you've been on. Yes, I have. Uh, you, you, know. you, yes, you do. I, I was trained in mic technique by uh, Guelph local Vishkana. Wow. Name dropping already. Yeah, you are. Good. Well, we want to crack open your skull because you're. This is the first of about forty-seven episodes where we talk to someone. From a un a, a unique angle as yours in the music industry, are you a musician? No. 
Well, that's my point. So that's my, is that you are the editor-in-chief of this magazine. Yep. Exclaim magazine. There from the beginning? No. When did you... 22 and a half years okay, now. Okay, well, come on now. Let's just call it the beginning. How old is Exclaim? Uh, two and a half years, almost three when I started. Okay. Um, but those were very formative and important years before I came along. So Yeah, yeah. Wow, congratulations. So you're 22 years into this journey. Yeah, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary in 2017. So. And that's what connected us, James. So I want to start the, um, the conversation. Well, your, your yes. presence in the music scene and uh, in the culture of uh, Canadian music was what connected us. Thank you. Well done. But um, we were talking one night at the talk show that you host, co-host with Vish. Mm-hmm. And I thought it hilarious, and I wanted to bring you on right away when, when you said, hey, I'm going through... Because you were, you were preparing us the special edition. That's come out then, the 25th. We were doing... We did uh, little features in every issue last year that, that highlighted a different aspect of coverage that we'd done over the 25 years. So, for example, yeah. uh, we did like our history covering Broken Social Scene and all their various offshoots um so i just did a little thing on that on like our history of covering them uh but i also wrote a piece about the time that we painted the entire cover on bob wiseman's face uh and so the cover was not in fact designed it was done in makeup on his face and and then uh and then so the the cover was a single photograph of just like the logo all the bands his name everything was painted on his face and then the cover is a single photograph so i wrote an article about the process of doing that and the experience of doing that that was back in the 90s so uh so i wrote a variety of things as a result i was leafing through 25 years of exclaim and uh, came across your name and thank you because i've been doing this what i do for i don't know 20 years more than that yeah i'd say yeah I mean, it was 1997, I think, when the letters yeah. came, and I and we were. I was aware of you already, but for you were a presence already, I believe. Here it is. The, here's the letter that he sent me. So 20 years later, some odd years later, here. This is a terrible letter, but I'm going to read it. <laughs> to the good. It's called pathetic exclaim. So I guess I would have written this. Um, around yeah you're right man because this this work I'm referring to comes out in 94 I wrote this to the editor which would have been you yes oh, it was me. me so here it is reading it to his face now <laughs> god damn it pathetic exclaim to the good children of exclaim I am repulsed that you have ignored me since I first began mailing you my work in 1994 in brackets student yats realms of Carlos that was the first one of the first strange records I did I don't care to be friendly in this case what a dick since your magazine is governed by a force irrelevant to the true future of music oh my god i think i can figure out why you've stayed away from my music what an asshole this is amazing um magazines like yours start out with good intent then they crumble like the rest well evidently not this letter is to tell you how much I hate your pathetic existence. Oh my. But rather, always oh, not to tell you how much I hate your pathetic existence. Some great writing there, by the way. But rather to give you one last chance to review my work. 
good way to make friends, I'd say. Eh? Mm-hmm. So this is a threat. <laughs> this is not a challenge or a threat, I say. No. For I win whether you touch my work or not. I don't know about that. If you don't review any of this, my opinions will stay the same. You swine wouldn't know music if it bit your ass lice. <laughs> then dollar sign for an S, sincerely, in brackets the word friendly, and then rich. P.S. The smell of money plugs ears. All right. I, I don't know whether my favorite line is the... Biting the ass slice. It's a good line. That is a good it, line. it is a good line. But the smell of money plugs ears is such a good like final shot. Also, you that... got the smell. So you got two cents in there. Yeah, I'm liking that. Twenty yard later. It's a lot. It's a lot of metaphors in one line. You're mixing some things in there. Maybe you could have considered. I, like, I hey. considered writing you back to just give uh, offer some editing notes on your letter. <laughs> that is, a, it was but that was more and... attention than uh, yeah. we were going to give you at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very curious because I think that in the I I want to know where you were coming. Like I, yes, there's n- there are no hard feelings at all. Like right, I, we were man. always thrilled to have right on. particularly critical comments. Um, because, because yeah, like your magazine is is boring. I, that's not interesting to hear. But to some, to have somebody come at you with a specific perspective, yeah. and to really uh, dig into the meat of what you do and really challenge uh, not only the content but the intent and the approach. Yeah, uh, I was always really excited to hear anything like that. So, oh, so. Man. Please, I, I'm only curious because this was 1997 that right. this, and I. The, so I'm 20. All of those, all of those criticisms. You were 20 years yeah, old. I'm, I'm writing you that at 20 years. Hilarious. Old. Uh, and now I'm all, double that. All so of the criticisms that yeah. you level at us, and in, in, in specific and in general, have certainly been leveled at the magazine in subsequent years. Usually, more recently. Yeah. Uh, there's more of a sense of you used to be good, now you've sold out, and now you're just t- uh, kowtowing to corporate interests or whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact that you were making that accusation in 1997 when Exclaim was really uh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. zeniest of all zines yeah, yeah. And, yes. Uh, yes. and in no way, um, I mean, still made in the publisher's basement, still... Uh, you know, cut and pasted on a, a light table. Um, yeah. You know, still well beyond the level of professionalism that I aspired to at the time, and that I think that we have subsequently achieved. I just think it's hilarious that. Yeah. You know, so. Well, man. What was it that you felt that Exclaim was a community because of what we did and who? who we appeared to support. Uh, did you feel like this was a community that you should be welcomed into and you didn't feel that you'd been welcomed? Was that Obviously, maybe where that was coming uh, from? I mean, James, yeah. I mean, I mean, I really feel like that's the, that's where a lot of that shit comes from. On the, the you as an artist, you make the work. This is great, by the way, because it, 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 this is the conversation I wanted to have around like the role between, because when the fuck does an artist ever get to ask, like on the other side, it's like, and I actually want to get into that a little bit with you because I think it would be very helpful for any listener to to look at when, when we pitch our shit, and by the way, I didn't even know what a publicist was or did back then. I was just like, 
like the, the you know the, as DIY as you guys were like just scotch taping it and throwing it your way and going please listen mm -hmm. right um, and it's always been that it's that relationship between uh, media and getting coverage and buzz around what you do and and, and reflection back on, on what you do. So yeah, if it doesn't get reviewed, I mean, a 20 year old writing that letter, and it was very, and what I resent about it is how, like, don't get me wrong, every fucking release I've done since, I, ha I have that same sentiment when it doesn't go viral. Sure. Right? I mean, that's just, the, that's just the nature of doing it. But I, I'm a lot wiser in that I don't hit send. Right? Like it's like I've I've learned to acknowledge it and also realize, I think this is what I was telling you, like the biggest learning I've had around this kind of shit is like the relationships between all of us are severely important. That you don't that you have to foster that, that you have to grow that over time. And you don't do that through writing an asshole letter like that. Like that's just like you know, proud to burn a bridge, I guess. Like, it's like, what? What, what, what were you trying to achieve through doing that? I, I, I look back on it and go like, oh, my God, this got... To, and they published it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which is the... That's like, you guys are smiling, right? It's, it's, it's hilarious. But, you know, I think... Actually, here's what I think on it. And, and I think this is what I told you that night at the Transact is like, all those letters you write... You know all those all those negative tweets, whatever it is that that shitty that dark side of you, that voice that comes out, um, that has those that's that has ramifications. Like that's why you don't get booked at a festival, perhaps. That's why you know what I mean. Like sure, you you know you make weird choices on stage and off stage, and that affects your career as an artist. So take it seriously i think and be wise because every asshole can every artist that doesn't get i mean come on i've i've grown a lot since like i did a stint For in sure. ottawa i did a stint in ottawa um booking events on parliament hill where i realized i came into the office on the first day and i saw boxes of cds in the corner and went just just like downstairs by the way we're here at exclaim hq and and the beauty of it was i saw one of my cds in your pile downstairs and, and it warmed my heart in a lot of ways to go like that's the landscape you know deal with it right and sure. and yeah i mean i don't know man the art of it is like how to how to make some noise how to kind of work with especially when you don't have when you're first starting out a lot of bucks to to throw towards, you know, if it is truly DIY, if you're if you're releasing it all on your own label, how do you, you know, how do you navigate the, the media landscape? I guess. Um, well, there are two things I think in there. You sort of touched on one and then talked your way to the other. So I, I'd like yeah, to please, please. There. address both of them if possible. Uh, if I may, um, there's a, a a brief story that I like to tell about your your sense of not knowing um, to be nice uh, when you're young, not knowing to be as you are by definition friendly, mm -hmm. um, and you know writing that letter as a twenty year old, mm -hmm. and uh, I occasionally get asked to speak on industry panels or you know other uh, music related events and. Uh, a few years ago, I was at one in uh, Newfoundland, and uh, it was my first time in Newfoundland, and it is, I, I don't know if you know, but it is the drinkingest place on earth. 
And so I yeah. was uh, enjoying the culture that was on offer. Sure. And the talk that I was scheduled to give was at, uh, it was early on a Sunday morning. I believe it was 10.30 a.m. on a Sunday. So I got uh, very little sleep from the revelry imagine. the night yep. before, yep. during which I was convinced that I was taking notes on my phone about topics that I could talk about in the okay. talk the next morning. Throughout the evening, I was, un I was under the impression that I was <laughs> making these notes. And so after uh, very little sleep in a shower, uh, I look at my phone, ready to head out to this thing, and I only have one note over the whole course of the evening. And it only says, don't pee in the pool. Okay. And Wow, holy shit. Uh, that's, by the way, going to be the title of this podcast, essentially, it, now. Don't, for, for you, don't pee in the pool. Go ahead. Please. So uh, I'm on the panel with, oh, uh, oh I, I apologize, I can't remember his name. But uh, the guy who used to be in and left the Halifax band Winter Sleep okay. uh, was a member of the band for the first couple of records. Okay. He's now uh, a booker in St. John's. Ooh. And... Uh, he was one of my co-panelists on the panel, and so we were joking beforehand, and I said, like, this is, I, I only wrote down, don't pee in the pool. Yeah. And he says, no problem. We, you know, we got this. We can run with that. Yeah. And so, because the idea was, essentially, like, we're all in this pool, and specifically the Canadian music media touring, booking pool, yeah. the entire industry pool is very small, and anyone who's interested enough to want to work in it, might be writing for a zine today, might be running a small label tomorrow, might be booking a club in two years, might be running a label in five years, might be, you know, working A&R in 10 years. You, you, there are people who are enthusiastic enough to get involved yep. tend to be lifers. And so they may not be in the same role that they were when you met them, mm -hmm. but you'll probably still run into them down the road. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I want to say Matt. Sorry, Winter Sleep guy. Yes. Tells us he tells a story about uh, that when he was in the band and they were playing at the Marquee, which is uh, in Halifax, which is okay. you know sort of one of the bigger, um, like non-arena kind of like one of the bigger club uh, venues in Halifax. Yeah. It's a big deal for a, a local band to get to how to headline the Marquee. So Winter Sleep's headlining the marquee. It might have been their first headlining gig there. And they tapped a younger, up-and-coming band to open for them. Here we go. And uh, so band gets the opening spot. They've totally sold out the marquee. Like, it's probably the biggest audience that the opener has ever played to. Yeah. And a uh, friend of the band, after the show, overhears one of the members of the opening band outside just slagging off winter sleep about what a terrible band they are and how did they ever get so popular and blah 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 yeah and it's not that you shouldn't have that opinion right it's that this venue and having been handed this opportunity is not the moment to be expressing that opinion to whoever may or may yeah. not be listening that you don't know yeah 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 no, 100% 100% uh, and so he tells the story about and, and he says, so now, like, I'm out of winter sleep. I'm not invested in their career. I'm booking bands in St. John's. Uh -huh. Do you think I remember that guy's name? 
Do you think I know every band that he's been in ever since? And do you think I've ever booked them? It sticks, man. It totally sticks. And that is the lesson that young people in coming up in this scene, yeah. in the Canadian music world, yeah. because the country is so big and because their experiences are all new, they don't realize like, oh, wait, no, all of the people that you meet are all of the people that you are essentially going to be running with. Yeah, yeah. As you progress in your career, you will continue running into them. So I met Jeffrey Remedios uh, when he was a publicist at Virgin Records in 1997. And I'm sure that there were interviews that I wanted that he didn't get me. And if I had flipped out and, you know, insulted you... him yeah, or, yeah. you know, ac accused him of whatever malfeasance in not getting me whatever it was that I wanted that week. What's that going to do? Then totally, totally. maybe now that he's the president of Universal Music... He, yeah. you know, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be returning my calls. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and and it's exactly that, that sort of thing that you can't see yeah. when, or now I couldn't see when I was twenty six and at, you know starting at Exclaim. Yeah, I couldn't see that that was what the landscape looked like over the next twenty cool. years. Well, it's good to know that I think I am. Obviously, I'm fucking onto something. It's <laughs> saying that you all of your actions have consequences. Sure. And be nice and loving to everybody. Go ahead. Sorry. Then the second part was, <laughs> you know, how does how does uh, how do you deal with this as a as an independent musician? How do you maximize your limited resources in terms of yeah. press? Yeah. Um, this may be counterintuitive given what I've been doing with my career for twenty two plus years, but I think a lot of bands really overemphasize press coverage, and they do it too early. I think that a lot of artists think that getting a review and exclaim is going to uh, have a, an overly large impact on their prospects of getting a better show yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. or yeah. that they will get more famous or any of those things. Yes, yes. Next level. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I understand that there are certain industry signposts that are set up that uh, where things like press and exclaim can be beneficial to a grant application for example like Anything. i under i understand yeah. why those things help yeah but i think uh in a lot of cases uh artists don't prioritize what's actually important uh, uh, give me one sec i'm gonna take a little bit of i don't like to take pride in my work but you are one hot voice sorry, i don't know yeah. if it's that beard no, i I'm think it's loud. that beard man you are just one hot I'm, voice. Keep I'm, talking. Keep I'm talking. a little too. Uh, I, I'm you're, a loud you're, talker. You're, you're passionate. You're, you're passionate. Sorry. After I bragged about my mic technique and everything. What we're gonna do is maybe switch these mics out. Okay. No, I just. But I'm, I'm just a germaphobe. Just, just stay where you are. I can't okay. do that. Yeah. That's fine. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, but you're a wise, wise in in all that you're saying there. Like the consequence. I've just come like lately, like in the last year realized and this all of this sounds kind of dumb but that every encounter uh i've just been kind of amplifying them all like saying that this like what we're doing right now is super important i don't know why. i'm just like placing a lot of importance on every encounter you have because you gotta care about every and that's really hard to do, right? Like mm -hmm. in your day to day, in like you know, when you know, 
shit happens, right? So sure. I just, I've, and, and that bleeds through to music on stage, um, right here, at just every every encounter on the street. Like it's just, it it does have a an effect, right? And and I guess it does get back to the. I know that, I, that didn't come out really eloquently, but that does kind of come back to that letter, you know. Sure. And there were many more. I was asking you, hey James, can you dig up some of my doozies? I, I, I don't know how many more we printed, but but we certainly uh, they kept coming. Yeah. I mean, when when uh, when I mentioned it, Ian Danzig is the founder and publisher that I was gonna that you were on our the talk show with Vish, and that was only a few months ago, and you yeah. and I had not met in person. Right. And or I said, maybe, no, uh, we would have met at the Brenton in the Arts Festival, maybe. No, I don't think no. Were you no? Were you not there in no. the the Boris Salmon Cup that you guys sponsored? Maybe it was just Ian. Yeah, okay. I think it was just Ian. Okay, I don't okay, think okay. I was there. Okay, cool, cool. So you and I had. So I said, "Friendly Rich is on the show," and Ian said, "Hey, he complain can complain to you about the lack of coverage in person." Fuck right. So that's that, guys. This is my point. I kind of feel like, and that that hit it home for me. It's like, no, you are onto something. Every one of those, every one of those letters had a ramification. It, and and like the more I sent them, I I feel like it did work in it, it the way it should. The more I sent them, like I mean, there were reviews along the way, right? Yeah. Like it's that's kind there, of the there thing. may have been. Just there, be, I think there were features along the way yeah, too. Just be nicer. Just, uh, just I have a that's question what's though. Stuck with with you guys is is these letters, right? It's, how much how much yeah. do you think that brand your branding? Your personal branding yeah. has uh, helped you avoid uh, conflict in your dealings in the industry. I think that honestly, we never took you. We never took your like. We there was never any anger. There was never okay. You didn't. We never took it like ugh. Well, let me tell you, you know, something. Because you were friendly, rich, and because you are a super friendly guy, and because oh, you, you thought it was generally okay, interesting. That, that we uh, never took good. it that maliciously, right? Uh, well, e even you. the the, there some the 97 letter, uh, <laughs> it always struck me as more uh, coming from a place of comedy than All right. uh, real uh, knives like, like, out. Like anger, anger. Uh, like and, and, I th and I think yeah. that really is partly uh, because you're friendly rich. Well, I think you, I'm, I'm just worried about coming off as like bitter rich. Like, and I, and I, I mean, there's some, I got I brought another letter. I didn't write it to you, but oh my God, is it golden. I might share bits of it with you later. I mean... The, the thing about it is, yeah, okay, it's branding, but um, I, I feel like it fits in, but I'm friends for some reason, and this is a strange thing, like, you know, we flock together, us letter-writing weirdos, and so 20 years ago, I did something on CBC, and it resonated with another fellow letter-writer, Mendelssohn Joe, who's been on right. the podcast. Yeah. And my life changed. This all, as I go back to the point, this all matters, right? So he takes his pen, writes a letter to the CBC. They connect me with him, and we've been pen pals. I have bankers' boxes full of our letters back and forth. And it's quite a beautiful thing that we've got, right? And, but he, Joe, has come off to me. Have you received any Mendelssohn Joe letters I have over received the years? You're, you're Joe in letters. the club. Yeah. And tell me those don't come off a little the same. Of like they've got a vibe to them, they've got a, and I always worry about Joe. Not that Joe needs any help. Joe's his own man, but coming off as a little bitter, you know. And I think if you don't know Joe, if you don't know that he is a very loving, caring, like beautiful soul, you might just go for fuck's sakes. Like I talked to Mark Steinmetz, the head of CBC, 
when when there was that I was complaining about Randy Bachman. I'm guilty of that, okay? Saying that his show sucks and going to the ombudsman and et cetera, et cetera. I've got my opinions. We don't need to share them. <laughs> you, you really, you went full in on, went on you full, went full in on. Full anger to the CBC, Randy. to the ombudsman, ombudswoman. Wow. And Steinmetz finally, eight years after I wrote my first letter to him, calls me back and says, you're very angry about this. All of them about Randy Bachman? Was this all, an eight year campaign? Yeah, all wow. complaining about Randy Bachman. Um, and he explained it to me. He sat me down. He said, are you a, a blog or a man? I said, I'm a man. He goes, all right, I'm going to talk to you straight up. And he gave me the skinny on Randy, on the way their business deal is, on... He just explained it to me. And, and then I said, well, you know, I'm good friends with Mendelssohn Joe. And he goes, oh, yeah, we've got a whole vault of Mendelssohn Joe letters, right? As sure. I'm sure you guys may have a few, right? I just, I don't want to be that guy that, I guess I already kind of halfway am there of being the bad letter writer, you know? But I got to say this, though, James. It had an effect. He called me back, set, set me straight, and I really had respect for him for the cbc a little more not for randy randy still bothers me a lot but <laughs> but but you know it 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 that process actually got me somewhere so i felt good about it in that instance and i so, kept it kind of pro with him so the cbc president just has to sit down and meet with canadians individually give me a phone call and explain to them give me a phone he, listen, their concerns. He did, well maybe he he de-escalated he kind of because I was, I, I, I was very, he's like, clearly you're angry about it if you're writing me eight years later. It was when, when Bachman went on the TVO and complained how he wasn't getting enough airplay. It was essentially my letter Yes. from like the, one of the most successful. Like if he's unsuccessful, I, it, 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 it definitely triggered. I don't know if you've been mocked on The Simpsons. No. But he has, so. Oh, fair enough. You exactly. know, but yeah, in terms of levels of fame. Exactly, exactly, right? But he's, he's got this insecurity. There's something there with Randy, okay? So I was complaining about it. I said, how dare he go on our provincial broadcaster with and our federal broadcaster, love him. He has his own show, and he's complaining that he's not getting airtime, for God's sakes. So Steinmetz set me straight. He gave me a phone call. We spent 15 minutes on the phone. I'll never complain in public, apart from this podcast, <laughs> again about Randy Bachman. I, I really felt that that was handled perfectly you know that's all i i don't know so i'm, I'm kind of on the fence I'm, I'm 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 going full circle here in a way because i think these letters sometimes can make a difference it's just don't be a bitter asshole when you're when you're that's what i've learned in, in a lot of ways don't be a bitter asshole when you're trying to communicate something and implement a change right yeah fair enough yeah um <clears throat> thank you for, uh, for going back and forth with me on that. Um, we're here at the Exclaim headquarters, and I would be remiss to, uh, to describe the room around me. It's this beautiful office with that dates back to, oh boy, 1997 in the corner. I uh, know. the issues. 95 and 96 are under Ooh, the desk because I ran out of space. He ran out of space. So this is pretty much, we're surrounded by all of the issues. Uh, all of mine. Wow. We are surrounded by my issues here in my Very office. Neat. This wow, is not man. the main space exclaim office. Uh, okay. This is just this is just mine. I see. Uh, so yeah, this is my personal archive, and I get very angry when I'm looking for an issue and somebody has come in uh, and grabbed it because I feel like I need to know that I can find what I'm looking for. 
but yes, in magazine How boxes, beautiful. they're by year, uh, 20 to 23 years of, of work. I see 2010, I see Flying Lotus on the spine, I see Owen Palette. Just glancing, what I, well, I mean, it's just the spines, but what a beautiful image. We'll take a photo with, uh, with us in the, in the backdrop, all these. This is just a chunk of history here. Yeah, yeah. You know? You know, pretty much my adult life. Yeah, man. I, I mean, what is that? I don't know. What has that been like? Like, what has what, what the, the, the road been like for you over the last 22 years in doing this and seeing music in Canada kind of evolve? Um, well, pers I mean, personally, what what's interesting to me is that, I, I mean, I love music. I'm a music fan. I don't really consider myself as working in the music industry interesting because i i'm a magazine editor and that's like that's what i wanted that's what i always like i wanted to be a magazine editor so this could have been food you would have been just as happy i don't know if i would have been <laughs> just as happy this is certainly like where i wanted it wanted to be but i like i interned at toronto life before i came to exclaim and uh i part of a big part of why i uh why I was hired at Exclaim was because I'd been to been at Toronto Life and uh, and Exclaim in its infancy was uh, a collection of fans and who were who were really in in the truest sense making a fanzine and there were hmm. not uh, the same uh, structures and uh, sort of magazine. Uh, aspects at play in the early years for exclaim and so one of the things that i was a have been able to do over the years is is essentially evolve it as a magazine mm -hmm. and that's i mean that's my you know if exclaim had uh collapsed for whatever reason in 2000 or 2002 or something right. i i would not probably have gone on to work in the music industry i would have Oh yeah. Sought work in in magazines, but probably to my detriment as the whole industry collapsed around us. Uh, but it hasn't here yet, so. Don't you find it interesting that you're covering um, an at risk art form? Well, we are in, in ourselves an at, an at risk art form. Of, so. of uh, and so how do you? I mean, how do you navigate that, and, and, and how do you guys survive? Like, how do you try to remain relevant? What are some of the things, the discussions you're having every month, I imagine, of just like, okay, how do we, what are we not doing, or et cetera, you know? Well, one of the primary things is to de-escalate the importance of the magazine itself in a weird way. I mean, we're uh, we're an um, online music news source through exclaim.ca who uh, also make nine issues of a magazine a year so uh our our primary business focus has has shifted to online and and i mean we've been cool. online since like 1996 for any oldsters that remember schmoozenet which was our original website and so that was um right on. so uh in terms of you know, we see ourselves as primarily as a as an online music outlet, and we continue to make a print magazine as well. But we don't we don't define ourselves or our daily coverages like, you know, 
the entire the the business of the organization is not geared towards producing a magazine every five weeks yeah uh that's a, a portion of what my day is is directed to but it is not the the sort of primary driver of the company uh among the reasons why we've been able to survive when a lot of others haven't is yeah. uh, and a primary reason is that as uh with the rise of the internet the rise of file sharing and the decline of print um a lot of the uh infrastructure that collapsed was newsstand so it was those distributors uh those outlets and that habit Mm -hmm. but because as as sort of culture consumption shifted towards being free, mm-hmm. we were already free. We had always been free. We've right. been free since 1992. So that was so the entire company was built for the magazine to be free and to be distributed across the country. Interesting. Yeah. So when that major shift happened, when all of the ground uh, underneath everyone suddenly gave way, yeah, 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 it yeah. gave way less for us huh. because of the foundation that the magazine had been built on. Huh. So. If, if your model, if your chart magazine and your model is uh, a portion of paid subscription and a portion of paid newsstand yeah. and, you know, the company that distributes new, your newsstand goes under uh, and you lose that entire network, yeah. then what do you do? You know, then, uh, you know, you can't, I, I don't know what their subscription numbers were, but I think they were in the low thousands. Okay. Uh, and we're printing a hundred thousand copies of Exclaim, and all we ask is that you pick it up and take it home. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not. That there's no greater, there's no more obligation to ask of a reader. Yeah. Than yeah. than just pick it up when you're out and bring it home. How do you feel about all of these institutions on uh, shaky, shaky, shaky ground? So from the, I, I, I mean, from your fellow brothers and sisters in the magazine world to say, uh, the entire music industry. Yeah. Let's, let's just generalize I mean, and say like video uh, fact, for example, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, uh, is chart around it chart is still no. doing their thing. They're done. They're toast. They, well, they stopped printing several years ago right. and then yeah, the, so, okay. the website evolved into chart attack, which I believe yes. has changed hands a couple of times uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. And I don't, uh, I believe, uh, I believe Rich Trapunsky was the last editor of chart attack. He's okay. the music editor at now uh-huh. currently, okay, right. but I believe that they are no longer how did, how publishing. Does, yeah. What do you, what, um, I mean, to, to a certain extent, I mean, my, my philosophy as we move forward and continue, we've just yes. put out a print magazine yesterday, today, today's Tuesday, That's it's on the street the today, Yes, ink is still wet, yes. uh, then, uh, I, I'm continue to be proud of the fact that we do this, but moving forward, my philosophy has always been that currently that print is essentially the new vinyl. Yeah that well with the rise of vinyl like there there is no there is no logical reason why you should buy and enjoy a record you know uh it's not more convenient it is more expensive mm-hmm. it doesn't sound better uh you know there are a litany of reasons why it's not easier uh it's not even easier to listen to uh, you know, You're it's the thing. Case. It's the You're thing that the Siri, yeah. you, Siri 
will not get up and flip the record for you. Yeah. Uh, huh. So for all, but for all of, but so, but there's something there. Vinyl and digital are the two uh, areas of the music industry where sales numbers are going up consistently and have mm. for several years now. Mm. So there has to be something in experientially in vinyl yep. that is satisfying to a music consumer. And I have to believe that there is something experientially about reading, holding a magazine yeah. and flipping pages and yeah. reading uh, some words on a page and not on a screen. Yeah. That there's a, a val an, an intangible value add to that that is uh, mysterious, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, indefinable. But I, I believe is similar to vinyl in the in the intangible um perhaps romanticism of it uh -huh. so that's why I, I mean so for that point of view i still i love magazines i've always loved magazines yeah. and i still believe in them yeah um but at the same time uh there's a certain amount of lamenting the loss of the steam engine operator right right i mean i'm sorry that internal combustion came along yeah but you know, yeah, times yeah. change and technology yeah. changes. And so uh, I, I am not, I'm not woe is me and the sky's falling about um, the fact that, you know, the internet changed everything. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a, what's the word? I, I, it's just the era we find ourselves in does seem like it's in a bit of a, a wild west moment in, sure. in a lot of ways right? sure and all of these things that we grew up with from much music to you know you name it that are no longer that have kind of or i don't want to say much music is no longer but it's no longer the way we know it anyway it's a i mean it's a yeah, channel on television yeah, that shows say, shows but yeah it's not much music right exactly right so you know add the socks still kind of survived he's out there he's doing his <laughs> thing he's just he's not the you know, the institution that he was, I sure. guess. And all that stuff, right? I mean, it's uh, it's interesting because some of it, I am I think I told you this when we when we hung out there at the Transact, is like some of it I feel great. I think if I, if I might look at that line and go like, uh, whatever it was in that letter from 20 years ago, I'm going to survive. I'm going to keep fucking doing this. And that's, yeah. that's the main point of it, right? Is, is there, there were some things in there that I still stand by today and just go like, you want and kind of I think it's to the point you were trying to make, which is, don't all, all you artists don't be leaning on us as the only answer. You want to know how to do what you do. It's specifically that do what you do and yeah. just keep persevering, persisting, and, and doing the work. If I may interject, yeah, go ahead. And and specifically, I wanted to address uh, the issue of the lack of coverage of uh, Friendly Rich and various projects uh, over the years. Because uh, we have, I, I've noticed, and we've, the Exclaim has noticed, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I really ad have admired from afar is that you do have always continued to do what you do, right. and uh, to put the work in, and to do things simply because they seemed ridiculous, or they seemed fun, and, exactly. uh, you know, the noise parade, and, and whatever else, and uh, if there's a, if there's a, a, a philosophical weak spot to exclaim I would say that you have fallen into it which is that uh, there was less there, 
the the reason why you got less coverage than you probably deserved uh -huh. from our point of view is that we were making a national magazine uh -huh. and we were trying to encourage we were trying to find a touring band five more people in regina who would come out to their show when they came through right, town right or right. you know whatever and everything that you were doing was hyper local yeah municipal uh, by local. definition yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. and and i think yeah. uh to great success on your part yeah uh but as a result i mean you were uh the, totally, you totally. were you were most famous in Guelph and two towns over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and and in Absolutely. in that, you know, I I was so all have always been so impressed with your work and so impressed with your dedication and so mm -hmm. impressed with all of the uh, effort and and specifically love that you always put into all of your projects, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, no, I get but it, it just it's, it just and... never it never reached. It never became a national I, movement. It never, totally, I, and I mean, totally. uh, <laughs> you know, there were, there is a, you know, there is a world in which Nardwar is friendly rich, right? right where Nardwar right. isn't on national television, where Nardwar never gets the spotlight that he, that has made him right. into right. Nardwar. That, but okay. uh, so that's the turn that didn't happen for you. Yeah. yeah. Partly yeah. because I think you're you're very different people, yeah, but I think yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to address the idea that it's because well, that, it, that, that it's model and sometimes and and, and that you know, that is a that is if anything a weak spot where um, you know there were always there were always a couple of fantasies that I had if I wasn't at exclaim what right. would I do yeah. what was what is missing one is uh, a sort of hyper local wow. southern Ontario culture magazine. Uh -huh. Uh, which you know, on which you could be the cover, uh, but uh, but th that didn't exist. There are there's now there are a couple of other weeklies, but there wasn't a sort of golden horseshoe Southern Ontario right. arts and culture magazine right. in a way that I thought could potentially sustain. Uh, and then the other thing is that there isn't there there has kind of never really been a super mainstream music magazine in this country. Okay. Like a you know that covers all of our greatest heroes, the Nickelback, Justin Bieber, Drake, Celine Dion, oh, wow. Alanis, uh... like a a mainstream, the Rolling Stone for Canada. Wow. Like Exclaim has always defined ourselves yeah, as the alternative to that. Sure. But we are defining ourselves against something that literally doesn't exist. It, we're yeah, we're yeah. we're alternative to an idea of a magazine that had it actually isn't here, and that I always oh, thought chart could be, but yeah, that, that obviously the opportunity to do this has passed. But I always thought that in a, in terms of yeah. in terms of culturally what's missing, but that was that was one of the things that because the way that Exclaim has been built and yeah. the way that we want to try to cover stuff and what we prioritize left people like you out but you know what i honestly like there's no you guys shone a light on stuff that i was like oh cool like i mean there you know there were so many pitches when you're doing what you do like i do for how many i pitch i throw everything at you guys and you've caught and hit many of like it's so what i'm getting at is i don't feel any like oh any any sour grapes over any of that stuff i just go like 
And that's kind of how I feel about all of it at this point when it comes to like what gravitates, what catches people's eyes or ears. Sure. I mean, I mean, the, you know, if, if I'm looking at it and go like, what's the most viral thing I've done? It's that silly sausage samba Star Trek video that I did with smear balls that like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that is uh, and, and I was mature at the time when that happened enough to say like, OK, cool. I mean, that might not even be the best song on the record. Who cares? It's, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all, it's great. Like, that caused some you noise. Know, you know how rare it is to get hit by lightning. You don't complain that and you, go great you wanted and the lightning to hit over there. Yeah, and it's all good. I got my face on Captain Picard's. We had our faces gelled together, and that's a special thing. You know, it's a, but it's like, when it comes to Exclaim and, and the whole thing, I, I feel like you guys have a focus, and sometimes what I would do would, like, slip in, and that's great, and... And I th that's such an interesting point, though, that you, you acknowledge the fact that there is no Rolling Stone in Canada. No. So you're the alternative to the fictitious sellout magazine or something. Or like, right. not even, yeah, exactly, that's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah, I mean, a, a magazine that, you know, I mean, that covers the majority of what Canadians actually, actually yes. listen to, the Randy stuff that's Bachman, popular. And that's a thing, when he called me, Steinmetz, he said, you know, Rich, like, it's only you and 14 of your fucking snob-ass musician friends, he didn't swear at me, Yes. that don't like Randy Bachman. The majority of Canadians eat this shit up. Yeah. And I went, yep, I knew that. That I knew. So in 25 years, yep. uh, the Tragically Hip have never been on the cover of Exclaim. Yeah. In fact, the Tragically Hip never gave wow. an interview to Exclaim in the wow. entire what? time that I've been editor here. And I asked every record. Holy shit. Uh, Sloan have never been on the cover. Like there, there is a plate. Like we, we Isn't stepped that... away from a yeah. mainstream uh, <laughs> music track in this country that subsequently just kind of got ignored. Yeah, because they were all pushing to to, to actually go into Rolling Stone. Like they were, they were probably all going after the coveted. Like I mean, uh, yeah. you know, Nickelback were doing what they had to do as well. You know, the right? Sheepdogs it's, won a contest to get on the cover of Rolling Stone. Right. Tell me this. But uh, the sheep, yeah. but the, and the Sheepdogs aren't right for Exclaim. But there isn't a a music press outlet in this country that they are right for. That's interesting. Other than like yeah. kind of the CBC. Right. Uh, and I feel like the CBC. Well. I feel like the CBC is uh, both uh, enjoys the advantages of and is terribly hampered by the definition of what the CBC is. Yeah. Uh, Everybody has an opinion on what it should be. Hence my letters, right? Sure. I mean, and, yeah. and, and that's cool. You know, I, and I think internally yeah. and externally, right, right, right. they are constantly paralyzed by a, a, their own churning identity crisis yeah. and I think their music coverage reflects that too yeah you know the whole launch of the CBC music thing is it's uh, you know schizophrenia yeah 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 we uh, maybe we shouldn't go down that uh, no that's a different podcast that's a, ba that's a different podcast um so I, I want to maybe we're, we're, we're well into it here James and thank you uh, let's let's um unless you have uh, another avenue you'd like to take I'd like to read excerpts from this fucking this is a doozy. Okay. I didn't get this one. This wasn't You didn't get this one. This okay. was done in apparently October 7th, 2006. Okay. I'm a uh, So older. You, you have 10 years of, of uh, industry experience and wisdom behind you at this point since your exclaim letter? 
you and really like you've tempered your perspective you really understand the mechanisms i've done a bit of and, touring uh, yeah it's not that i did it some of the world. smartly i've seen some of the world and this is what i send to daniel k seligman creative director at pop montreal after having played pop montreal for the third time and he booked us one of the bigger bands not in stature but in actual physical humans two vans full of harpists harpsichordists accordionists double bass i brought two vans to montreal okay you were the proto broken social scene oh wait no proto broken social scene already existed at this point i didn't know about them but yeah so (laughs) so uh he books us and the silver hearts on the same bill that's like six vans of van. It's a, it's like there's like forty humans right there, okay? And um and here it is. To Daniel Seligman and the Pop Montreal organizers, in quotes. Mm. This is some classic. Please practice some sort of remote focus and read my criticisms of your festival. Shame on you all. You overbooked this festival and showed us a huge disrespect to several important independent artists. Since I have performed at Pop Montreal for two years in a row, I can now confirm that your festival is not really about promoting music, but rather creating background music for a bunch of jockos to drink over. They booked us at the the Barfly in Montreal, one of the smallest, but it had a reputation. So I, now I know what Dan was going for, but it should be called the Montreal Drunken Music Wallpaper Festival, as it has, all caps, never been about the music. Jesus. <laughs> nice choice of venue, in brackets, Barfly, as if the green room was not a dive enough last year. Was your goal to choose as many garbage venues in Montreal and fuck over as many artists from all walks? You succeeded, if so. This is sad. Also, we were paid around $450 last year by a a lady named, and I won't name her name, who prearranged the rate like a professional. This year, I had to email Daniel Seligman and got a one-liner back from him. Midnight, barfly. It gets good now. Dan, my hairy ass. In brackets, how's that for a one-liner? Oh, my God. It was more like 1.30 a.m., Drunken fools everywhere, more interested in playing pool and beer than Courtney Wing, the Silver Hearts, or the Lollipop people. You seriously should have rejected us all. And when I threatened to cancel on you for not having the decency to provide the basic details within a respectful time frame, you emailed me saying, I wish you had told me this last week. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yada, yada. You lied, Daniel Seligman. The only thing in that room from Europe was my hairy ass getting Thanksgiving gravied because it was around Thanksgiving. Oh, oh boy. I'm going to stop it there. Wow, it's two pages. Yeah, it more. just keeps going. What have we learned? I have a hairy ass. I, that that you, came through twice. Yeah, it, that you may have a minor obsession with. Um, oh, my God. Look at this. It gets worse. I say... Is some, Sorry, of, is some of this written in verse? Yeah, look at this. It's four pages, and at the end it goes, My letter will be called, How Pop Montreal Fucked Me in the Bum. And I will be sending it to 
There's a list of names. Are you on it? This would be sweet. Mendelssohn Joe's on it. I didn't send it to... You sent it to Chart and not to us? Fuck me. Ron Sexsmith got it and I didn't? Oh my god, this is terrible. Wait, Mo is that Monine? Yeah. Bob why Weisman. Why are you sending it to Monine? Rupert Bottomberg. Lord have mercy. Not on that list. That's it. This get this, this podcast, podcast is over. <laughs> An outrage. You could because you would have published it. Probably. Yeah, it's gold. Anyway, I mean, I think I allude to like being really happy that I'm burning a bridge, but you know, in retrospect, don't burn your bridges, guys. It's embarrassing. It's uh like just reading that made me feel ill, you know? What the fuck are we doing here? Do you still uh, do you still feel the so what's so that I mean that's all that's all amateur hour right exclaim there, exclaim in ninety seven is uh youth and hubris what's what's fueling this one like you're ten well, years in okay I'm ten years in. you you know I you're all on... those musicians I felt I felt it was disrespectful and I'm Italian and a little bit too much of that got in like like holy shit this is a classically trained all these you know all the musicians they paid disrespect to. And so I was trying in my way to go to bat for them. Right. Not having a tour manager, you want to put a lot of that shit to bed with someone else. Someone else usually does that shit for you, right? Yeah. Someone else is usually the dick, right? Yeah. In the relationship. But um, you know what? It was all an ill experience. It was like, yeah, of course you're going to show up at midnight. Say, they say midnight and you're actually on at 1.30. Deal. And by the way, it was a shit hot show that the Silver Heart still... Talk, we all talk about it still. Like it was a great show, right? Yeah. Uh, very memorable show. This damn letter didn't have to happen. Like, but is it that you? Know, I haven't talked to Dan since. Obviously, right? He's like, yeah, Rich. And he did send a, a beautiful professional apology email saying I was overtasked. We didn't mean any harm. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Uh, is <laughs> was it that? I mean. Was it a frustration that the lack at a lack of progress? Was it a frustration yeah, at a all lack that's of there. all that's there. Uh, and yeah. I, and I think in particular with people like you, where uh, you're talented, and the music that you make and the art that you pursue is interesting. Yeah, you and if you drive to Montreal yeah, to, and get to, topped over, yeah. To be honest, yeah. it, this country might be a little small f market for right. interesting. Exactly. We go to Germany and it feels totally different. Right? Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and and, and, and I, 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 I feel for the artists who are in that position, yeah. especially if you have ambition and you're like, but wouldn't it be great if we could have three harps? Wouldn't that, you know? And you can. The it, thing is, you just got to keep... I, I think through all of this, my learning, James, is like, just keep doing the work and yeah. be really nice to people. Like, genuinely nice to people. <laughs> Don't! You know what I mean? Like, there's no time for that. Like, those letters are in everybody, by the way. We all have that shit, right? Oh, sure. All of us. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't hit send. Like, I've, I've definitely learned. I've don't definitely pee in learned. the pool. Don't pee in the pool! Just don't do it. I was going to high-five you. Thank you that, so we, much. That's an audio. It's a podcast. Yeah. We need to, don't need that. Yeah. People can't see us high-fiving. Thanks a lot. Um, anything else? I feel like I've made a couple of references to uh, getting struck by lightning. And if there's anything that I, aside from not peeing in the pool, yeah. uh, if there's anything that I would like to address 
if if I've learned anything, and mm-hmm. I've I've partly stolen this uh, from my wife, uh, Allison Outfit, who is a former Exclaim cover star. Love it. June nineteen ninety five. Look at this. Rebecca West, uh, and is the vice president at Factor, and Keep so she going. she knows a thing or two about the music industry, the industry. and about succeeding in this country, having. Yes. Having toured it in unsuccessful indie bands repeatedly, yeah, and because we both uh, we are both in a position professionally of having to say no to people that want our support in one way or another, yes, in the realm of the music arts, yep, uh, and uh, often people come to both of us at Factor and at Exclaim with the idea that we are that we have a magic bullet that somehow. Attention from Exclaim will vault you to the next level. Yeah. Money from Factor would vault you to the next level. Either of those things. Yeah. And I just have to say that success in the music industry, in the arts in general, is getting hit by lightning. Right. That's about as predictable as it can be. Yes. That's about as uh, easy as it is. And there are... There will be people who are two doors down from you that you see not working as hard, uh-huh. possibly not being as talented. Yes, you know, and and they'll get hit by lightning, and suddenly they're taking off, and right. and you're you've been toiling away for ten years and nothing. Yes, and that happens. Yes, and we all we all know the examples. Yeah, you know, Arcade yeah. Fire got hit by lightning. Broken Social Scene didn't. To the same extent. Right. Arcade Fire really got hit by lightning. Okay. Broken Social Scene, like, got singed by nearby lightning. Uh, you know, you know? Though, but yeah. So all of the work that you do, all the work yes. that you, yes. Rich, have done, yeah. and all the work that any artist can ever do, uh-huh. all you can do is improve the environment that you're in in order to increase your chances of getting struck, struck by lightning. So, metaphorically, uh-huh. try to find a higher elevation, get more fans, get more exposure, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Try to clear out some open space, you know, and, and maybe that's like, have your shit together in terms of your management team yeah. or, you know, yeah. uh, have a plan. If you're putting out a release, have a plan for what yeah. you want to do over the next three months or six months or a year. You know, all of these things. Yes, yes. Uh are all steps and that doesn't mean you know and also write better songs and right. work on building your right. audience and work on having an interesting show and you know all of those things does that mean well, that you can put all like if you do all of those things will you succeed no not necessarily yeah but you might and it will both increase your chances of succeeding if yep. the lightning strike does come yeah and it'll mean that you're better prepared if if and when it does come I th- I because i think a lot of bands yeah. and artists yeah that aren't prepared just it, like getting struck by lightning literally blows them up right where it's like right. pow, nope they it. weren't ready yeah. for that okay yeah. well yeah. what happened well now Bye-bye. they're you know yeah, yeah, yeah. gone I, I think a lot of it i chalk a lot of that up to doing and i've said this a lot on this podcast is just doing the work like actually focus yeah. on and sometimes we forget that. Just do good work and, and, and keep doing it. And you can have your three harps. 
and and but also be mindful of what the good work is make sure that you're putting your work and time and effort into something that is productive yeah right uh not writing angry letters to pop montreal <laughs> because you know just imagine yeah. like best case scenario what's going to happen from this yeah. best case scenario practicing three times a week you might get better yeah. you might be a better yeah. band that's time well so yep. there's you know but writing angry yep. letters to people that are ignoring you like what's the best case scenario that's going to come out of that yeah. it's not good work like you could say like i'm putting in the work i'm you know i wrote six angry letters this week <laughs> you know the quote yeah it's high it's high you know yeah so i got you know i got in a lot of letters thanksgiving gravy you know yeah but uh or is is it uh you know i'm gonna write better songs or uh i'm gonna follow up with that person that you know gave yep. me their card at the show two weeks ago that yep. Uh, and, and you know that I maybe blew off because they didn't seem interesting to and me. And turning it back on you, 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 like really, like I think because that's the thing. Like I, I hear you on the struck by lightning front, but I also, I also say like the career I've been evolving and and standing for, it, and and I think I told you this at the Transact, and the audience I've evolved is the audience I deserve. Like I, I really feel like, and you know, it's to your point is. Put the effort in, show love and 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 care, and I think that's what comes back to you in a lot of ways. You, it's your investment in, but, in a lot of this stuff. Right? But also know what you want and know what life you want. I mean, I, yeah, I'm friends yeah. with a, a couple of guys in Pop, the yeah, great, rising great. Just, uh, punk band. The last band. episode, Steve Slatkowski. Yeah, Steve. To, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> and Steve, those guys, all they want to do is play. All they want to yeah. do is be. Yeah everywhere in the world like steve is the happiest yeah. that he is if he's trying to find a raptors game at three in the morning in, in frankfurt yeah. after a, after a show <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but there are also i mean uh the original just back to the arcade fire the original yeah. drummer for arcade fire howard billerman runs a studio in montreal okay and within four oh. months of funeral coming out he was like i see where this is going and I'm out. I don't want this life. Oh, this oh. is not for me. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to live a very fulfilling and creative life. Exactly. That aren't necessarily tied to sales numbers or, you know, the the, the, how big yeah. the venue is yeah. Yeah. or how many t-shirts you've yeah. sold yeah. or... Yeah. Thank you. And, and, you know, if, if anybody wants a model of living an artistic life that it, from the outside seems artistically satisfying uh, aside from an occasional angry letter i th i think friendly rich you're a perfect example like right on, man. I, 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 I really feel like you've done uh creative interesting and fulfilling work that uh, uh that touch the people that will remember it forever well that's what you want to stand for that's and, what you want to do right you know that's, maybe yeah. you wish there yeah. were more people but there are sure. some. But there are some. Exactly, exactly. And no, there are no, plenty no, of I'm... people where that 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 yeah. list is none. Exactly. So exactly. No, no, no. Exactly. The fact that it's not exactly. none is is really yeah. Uh, yeah. It's worth it's worth hanging your hat on that, and I it, think and I I think you should that. be proud of that. Oh, and man. I Thank I'm you. sorry that uh, exclaim has <laughs> never put you on the cover for your efforts. <laughs> well, we love you nonetheless. But that's something you and Sloan have in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tragically hip. Yeah. Amen. Well, um, thanks for opening up. We, look at us. We just cracked the hour mark. Uh, don't be in the pool, kids. Right? Thanks, James. Thank you, Rich.
thank you, James, for opening up. And uh, no offense, Mr. Bachman. Actually, to honor Mr. Bachman, um, we're going to throw to a track that I wrote. Here it is now from one of my favorite records of mine, The Sacred Prune of Remembrance. This is the title track, Sacred Prune of Remembrance. We'll see you again next time on Industry Tactics. Goodbye.